0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Apocalypse Now or Never. I'm your host, Stephanie Keltenbaum. Before we begin, I would like to thank one of our sponsors, Horse298, for making this all possible. Now, let's dive right into this, shall we? Today we're going to talk about apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic media and literature, as well as what genres those subgenres might fall into. But before we get into that, to give you all some background into where the subgenres of apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic literature were created, we travel back in time to early Jewish traditions. It was brought about as a new subgenre of literature sometime during the 3rd century BCE. It started out as people wanting to deliver the word of the Lord, oracles calling on the people to respond to divine directions. After the destruction of Jerusalem and Solomon's Temple by the Babylonians in 586 BCE, Things kind of changed. At that point, the oracles were beginning to call the people to hold fast, saying that the nation would be restored and that their enemies would be destroyed by God. Once the Persians and Greeks picked up the genre, it blossomed into more of what we know now. Their apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic literature was a product of hope in the eternal power of a greater force and despair over the horrible conditions of the current world. Back to the genre of these types of literature. Apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic literature have been known to fall into a few categories, or genres, in the media. These genres are science fiction, fantasy or science fantasy, dystopia, and horror. Arguably, some movies and TV shows could fit into a few of the genres I just mentioned. I don't particularly care, though, because today I'm going to explain my own opinion. What might that be, you ask? Well, you see, I believe all apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic media is contained in the horror genre, period, paragraph, new sentence. As we venture into the genre that is horror, we start to realize the most basic thing about it. Horror is horrifying because, more often than not, it embodies things and situations that humans don't think is possible or don't want to be possible. We don't want zombies running rampant or plague wiping out a large part of the population, again. Horror is the way that it is because it is meant to scare us. An apocalyptic world? A post-apocalyptic world? Those aren't all daisies and sing-alongs. Those are scary ideas to our human brains. Therefore, apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic literature of any nature fits right into the horror genre. Some scholars, like Charles P. Mitchell, believe that within whatever genre you may believe apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic literature fit into, there are several different categories that they fit into as well. These include religious or supernatural, celestial collision, solar or orbital disruption, nuclear war and radioactive fallout, germ warfare or pestilence, alien device or invasion, and scientific miscalculations. All of these seem like fairly scary ideas to me, so I still maintain that it all fits in the horror genre. Perhaps the most well-known apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic horror tropes are plagues. Specifically, zombie plagues. So many TV shows, movies, and books about the apocalypse have to do with zombies. The popular TV show The Walking Dead, and the famous book by Mel Brooks' son, Max Brooks, titled World War Z. Yes, the Brad Pitt movie is shall we say loosely, based on this novel. And various other movies and TV shows all fall into the zombie trap. The zombie concept was popularized by George A. Romero's cult classic, Night of the Living Dead, and continues to be a very active category in the horror genre. Many scholars respect the subgenres and the tropes, but I know a lot think that it's overdone. Make room for new ideas, they say. To that, I say, my mess was nothing good. My favorite apocalyptic post-apocalyptic horror zombie whatever movie is 28 Days Later. This movie led to a particular resurgence in the zombie drama sub-genre. but seeing as the zombies were running around being terrifying and trying to eat people fits into the horror genre of apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic media. What makes it scarier than your average zombie movie? The zombies run. They may not turn automatically, but they will in about 20 seconds. So you basically have this countdown to death, always in the back of your mind. And 28 days later, the zombie outbreak starts when a group of animal activists releases a bunch of chimpanzees from a lab, only to find out that they were infected with some sort of rage virus that makes any human go berserk and just want to kill and devour. Because of the aforementioned 20 seconds time limit, this infection is different from instruments like The Walking Dead, where you can hide your bite or infection for a little while in 28 days later type worlds, infected people that we love need to be gotten rid of quickly, with little to no time to say any goodbyes. This itself makes for a much scarier zombie movie than most. Before I end this podcast, I'd like to mention a few more films that are worth seeing, as well as some I'll be watching in the near future, and maybe you should too. Train to Busan and Hashtag Alive are two South Korean zombie movies that have excellent graphics and provide decent storylines. The Girl with All the Gifts is a British zombie drama that has a much different take on the zombie genre, with a new generation of infected kids possibly being able to help save the planet. Emphasis on the planet, not the humans on it. You want zombie comedy with a couple jump scares? Both Zombieland and its sequel are for you. On my own to watch list are even more zombie movies, which I'm sure at this point is no surprise. I'll be watching Cargo, which is hopefully still on Netflix, and Overlord, since my family is very into war films, I'm into zombie films, and I have to sit down and watch a movie that we can all agree on. (laughs) To wrap up our podcast today, I would like to give credit where it's due. This podcast would not have been possible without the information and help from Charles P. Mitchell with his book, A Guide to Apocalyptic Cinema. L. Michael White's article on apocalyptic literature in Judaism and early Christianity, Roger Ebert in his wonderful 28 Days Later review, and a little tiny bit of Wikipedia for some extra pizzazz. I hope you all enjoyed today's talk. Tune in next week, where we'll be discussing a crazy little thing called love in the apocalypse.